here, just come see us. So, thank you. Thank you, Scott and Ann. I'm Tom. We're so thankful for your leadership in Operation Christmas Child. Every family should pack one of those boxes. And one of the opportunities that I've had over the years is to go and do training around the world so those boys and girls grow up and then churches are formed, pastors are needed, and one of the great needs around the world is training of pastors, and I've just been privileged to be able to do that. About three or four years ago, we came up with a plan where I could be released to do more training around the world. Coronavirus got me diverted a little bit online and doing uh, opportunities to call on the telephone to the other side of the world. For example, one pastor over in Zambia that I've been training, one day I'm calling him, talk to him, Agrippa. He says, uh, he says, I got phone problems. I got to plug my phone into my car. And I said, well, where are you, Agrippa? He says, I'm out in my cornfield. And so we just did Bible training while he was out in his cornfield. And then there's other opportunities I'm, uh, connected with pastors, pastors groups in India. Then there's also opportunities, hopefully, in January over in Ethiopia. Also, I was just on the phone this last week with a pastor that's down in Uganda that I've known for many years. He was a pastor that I was training with back a number of years ago. We're just trucking down the road, and he leans over and he says, Would you like to listen to a little Alan Jackson, Pastor Tom? I said, okay. And so he put on, introduced me to Alan Jackson's uh, hymn video, hymn CD, and that's been a great encouragement. And then I'm currently getting ready tomorrow to head out to Liberia and to teach in the seminary there. The organization that I'm going with this time establishes Bible schools, seminaries in lots of places around the world. I'll be training some pastors in apologetics, the defense of the faith, helping to equip them to be able to lead their churches, both in terms of mind, soul, body, their spiritual disciplines, and just excited to be able to do that. And I'm so thankful for your prayers, your support, and just would ask that you would continue that as I head out tomorrow and for the next couple of weeks as we're engaged in training. Pastor Tom, thank you for that. And good morning, New Hope. I'm Ryan. If we haven't met the lead pastor, I also want to welcome you watching online uh, this morning. And we're going to take a moment just as a church family and pray for Pastor Tom and this trip he has coming up. Uh, thanks for sharing about what you're doing with PTI, but also this trip as well. And uh, just very thankful, whether it's packing a shoebox and having an international impact that way, or one of our own pastors going overseas to do this, it's a gift and a privilege to be able to be a part of this. This is also the part of the service where we receive the offering, and so if you brought a gift for God today, we do have an offering box in the back. We also have online ways uh, to give there that you can uh, utilize through Alexio or the church website, whatever is most convenient for you. And uh, so if we could, let's go ahead and pray for you. Would you join me, please? And let's pray for Tom. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity you've opened up uh, during this, um, these unique times that we live in. And we ask, Father, that you would uh, bless Tom as he travels tomorrow, keep him safe, Keep him healthy and strong. We pray that his time in the seminary of training uh, these individuals would be uh, very fruitful and powerful. Uh, Lord, that uh, he'd come back with stories and just tremendous encouragement to share with us about how you're working at other places around the world. So, Father, we thank you and we love you and we just appreciate this opportunity you've given to Tom to go. It's in Christ's name we all pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. 
And if you would please, all the rest of us, grab your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And as you're turning there, I want to just remind us, today is a huge day. We have a couple things going on, in case you didn't know. Uh, The first one is tonight. We're having at 6.30 p.m. our annual hymn sing. And this is a special time where we come together and uh, we pull out the the piano, and it's, it's all the old favorites. And so if you love to sing the old hymns, I would highly encourage you to come and be a part of this special time tonight at 6.30. And then also today, earlier, so this is after second service, about 11.45 a.m., we've got an important business meeting. We've been talking for about two years now about this possibility of expanding the New Hope campus, and today's the day. Today's decision day. It's the time for the members to come and to, and to pray and to, and to seek God's heart and to cast a vote and to say, what's our next step? And to uh, confirm how God is leading and working in his church here. And so now you all are invited to be a part of the time, but, uh, but uh, it is today. It's after the second service and I encourage you to come. Check out social media about noon, 1230, something like that. If you want to find out the result of the vote, we'll be posting that on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, so hopefully you're there now in 1 Thessalonians 3. Remember, we're going through a sermon series called, as you see there, Living Ready. We're, we're talking about how do you and I live and uh, believe and behave today or live today um, uh, as if Jesus is coming back tomorrow. And we're looking at this letter that Paul wrote to this church in Thessalonians. And as a review, uh, remember Paul traveled to uh, this city of Thessalonica. And there he, as he custom did, he would share the gospel with people. And, and people came to Christ. And this young baby church was planted. And almost immediately persecution came and hit the church. And it was struggling. And they were going through intense trials. Fearing that Paul was a part of the problem, Paul packed up and he left Thessalonica. But his heart was still with the people. It was hard for him to go, and he, he worried about them. As we're going to see in our passage today, he really struggled being apart. And so he wrote this letter to the church to try to encourage them and to help this new church in their faith. In chapter 3, which is where I've encouraged you to go to this morning, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, this chapter is all about, really, what I just mentioned. It's Paul encouraging this young church. This baby, these baby Christians that are trying to figure out on their own without a pastor, without a leader to help them out how to do this. And so he turns his attention to encouraging the people, and they needed it. Truth be told, we need it too, don't we? See, the Bible talks over and over again about the importance and the influence of encouragement. Check out these verses as an example. This is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, It says, encourage one another daily. 1 Thessalonians, same book, but chapter 5, verse 11. Encourage one another and build each other up. The Bible talks about this all the time. Now, to have us have a definition here, on your bulletin in the back, there's some fill-in-the-blanks. I encourage you to have that and fill in these blanks, but have a definition up there for you. And and the, the definition of encourage is this. It's to come alongside and give courage to someone else. That's what the word means, to come alongside and to give courage to someone else. Anybody here ever had the experience of a dead car battery? All of us, right? We know what that's like, and so we know it's frustrating, and you're in that moment, so what do we do? We call somebody we know, and we say, hey, can you give me a jump? Can you come over and help me out? And so the person comes over, and you've got your dead battery, and their battery has energy, and so they connect one to the other. You turn the car on, and it should start. That is a beautiful picture of encouragement. It's almost like when you encourage someone, you are providing emotional, spiritual jumper cables. 
to get them going again. We all know what that feels like when we're just dragging or feel completely sort of dead in the water. And to have somebody come alongside and provide that encouragement gives us that jump to continue on and to move forward. It's amazing how much encouragement impacts other people. In fact, people gravitate towards those who are encouragers. I love this quote here. Check out this quote by William Arthur Ward. He says, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. But encourage me and I will not forget you. It is so true. The ministry of, the power of encouragement is significant. And in this chapter, what we're going to look at this morning is we're going to look at Paul encouraging this young church. And what he does is he encourages them in three specific ways. Now, here's what's interesting about this. These three ways that he encourages this church are the exact same ways we need to be encouraged today. And so I'm going to tell you what my challenge is right now, and I'll, I'll mention it again later on before we close this morning. But my, my, my double dog dare for all of us is that we would write down what these three ways of encouraging people are and that we would uh, commit to applying these to our lives because the people around us need this encouragement. You need this. We all need to be encouraged in these ways and therefore have impact on people's lives. And so that's our goal for today is look at these three ways that we can encourage other people. Here's number one, your first one and your first fill in the blank. It's this idea that you may be struggling, but don't give up. But don't give up. This is something we need to hear. Look with me starting in verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul writes this to the church. He says, so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to to be left by ourselves in Athens. And we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ. Now he's going to give Timothy's mission as he's going to back to Thessalonica. He said his mission is to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Why? So that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. So remember, this church is young, they're by themselves, they're going through these intense trials and persecutions. Life is hard for them. They're getting hit by all fronts, economically, socially, family breakups and divisions. All these things are happening because they're choosing to follow Christ. So Timothy goes back to strengthen them and to encourage them. And his message here is that you hang in there and not be unsettled by what you're going through. Timothy's goal was to bring encouragement to this church. In other words, to say, you may be struggling, church, but don't give up. Don't ever give up. Keep going, keep pressing, keep moving forward. Well, people today need to hear that too, don't they? People today all around us, and maybe even you here this morning, you need to hear those words yourself that you may be going through a hard time, but to hear that encouragement of don't give up, stay the course, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. People, those are jumper cables to help people. We know life is full of trials. Christians are no exception. We go through these things as well. And we need people in our lives to encourage us to hang in there. Reminds me of this story, uh, and maybe you've heard this one before, about Jackie Robinson. Uh, Jackie Robinson, one of the first African-American baseball players uh, to play in Major League Baseball. And he went through so much stuff, grief, challenges. I mean, people jeering him. Every place he would go to, he would get taunted, even his own teammates. And it was a tough road for him. 
Well, there was one time, it's a true story, he traveled to Cincinnati. They played the Reds. And a ball was hit to him. He was a second baseman, and he made an error. And, and the crowds were jeering him and, and taunting him. And, and when he made the error, it just got worse, laughing at him. You can see the scene in your own mind. And Jackie just put his head down in shame. He later said in that moment, he just about walked off the field and called it quits. Like he was done. He was done with going through it. He was done with the taunting and all the, the racism that was coming his way and all the things that he was going through. He had had it. He'd hit the end in that moment in Cincinnati. But something significant happened, but so simple. See, right next to him at the shortstop position was Pee Wee Reese. You see the both of them in the picture. And Pee Wee walked over to him as the crowds were laughing at him and jeering him. And he walked up to Jackie. And he just put his arm around him. And he just stood there and he stared at the crowd. He didn't move. And Jackie's standing there and Pee Wee's standing there. See, Pee Wee was one of the most respected baseball players in the league. People looked up to him. He was a leader both in the clubhouse but also in the greater baseball community. And as Pee Wee did that, the crowd just got quieter and quieter until there was no more jeering, there was no more taunting, there was no more mocking and all the stuff that he was facing. And Jackie shared, he said, that moment, that simple just arm around the shoulder was enough to encourage him to keep going and to become Jackie Robinson that we know today and all the impact that it happened. He accounts it all to a hug by Pee Wee Reese. That's really what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about people that are in your life and in mine, people that are going through hard times, people that are hitting moments and places in life where they are struggling. Maybe they're going through something health-wise or financial, spiritual, emotional, relational. They're going through something and they're at the bottom and they're struggling and they just need somebody to come alongside and say, hang in there. There's a God on, in heaven who's on the throne, and he's got this, and he's got you. So, so simple, isn't it? But so, so important, so profound. See, there's people out there that in your life and in mine, they need a hug. They need a phone call. They need a, they need a text message or a letter. They need a listening ear. They need prayer. They need you to, to share scripture with them, like John 16, verse 33, which, which says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I, Jesus, have overcome the world. So let me ask you this morning. Who in your life needs some encouragement? Who, who in your life needs somebody to come alongside, and that be you, to be like Pee Wee Reese, to put your arm around their shoulder, and to say, hang in there. I'm with you. And he's got this. Can I remind you of who he is to help you with your perspective? This is the ministry of encouragement and something we all can do. So, so that's the first way that we see Paul encourage this church that we can apply also in our lives. Here's number two. The next one is this. You may feel overlooked, but I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. Let's go ahead and, and read. Let's keep going starting in verse 4. But let me just remind us before we tee this up that being appreciative of somebody else is one of the best ways that you can encourage somebody else. Let's look together at verse 4. It says, In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your, your faith 
Now, Paul's going to be very honest here of why he sent Timothy back, because he was worried this church would walk away and would, would struggle. He said, I was, I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. And he told us that you have, you have always uh, have pleasant memories of us and that you, you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Here's the key, verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you? In return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. Did you catch that? And Paul tells this young church, we are so thankful for you. I mean, you could imagine this church reading these words for this letter for the first time and how that would have encouraged the church. I mean, Paul's thankful for us? Like, no, we're kind of thankful for him. But this encouragement that he got of, of Paul is saying how thankful, how much I appreciate you. It is so easy for people to feel overlooked and underappreciated, isn't it? And maybe you feel that way. Maybe you felt that way, or even this morning, you know exactly what that feels like. And to come alongside people and to encourage them by simply saying thank you, so simple, but so profound. So let me ask you, who in your life needs to hear those words from you? Maybe that person is sitting right next to you. Maybe that's a person you need to make a phone call to or a text message to. And just let them know what it is they do or they said or what's happened or whatever the context is of, of, of why and how you're appreciative of them. So, so simple, just like the first one, but so profound. Which brings us to our last one, number three. Number three. You may feel weak, but I'm praying for you. This is the last way that we see Paul encouraged. Let's read these last verses here. Paul says this in verse 10. He says, Night and day we pray most earnestly. And that word most earnestly in the Greek, that means like crazy intensity. Like he is, he is sold out for this. He says, night and day we pray intensely or earnestly that, you, that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. He prays for these people. And, and then the chapter ends up with this benediction, these, these words of blessing. And, and Paul really, what he does here is he lets the church know how he's praying for them. He says, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus uh, clear the way for us to come to you. May the, the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and, and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. And may he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I love this. Paul just comes to them and says, I'm praying for you guys. We pray all the time for you. And again, what an encouragement that would have been to this church. And then verse 11 through 13, again, we see how he prays. And this is a good way for we, us to pray for other people. He says, as you see there, he says that he's praying that the Lord would increase their love for one another. You know, a mark of a Christian is not how much Bible knowledge you have. It's love. It's what it is. 
Jesus is clear. He says, that's the mark. That's how people tell you, follow me, is if you, you love one another. And so he, he's praying for this church. He's praying that, that not only would they love each other in the church, that's sort of the easier part, but even that they would love the people that are in their community and the people that are even persecuting them. Oh, that's a hard part. The people that are making their lives hard or that are hurting them, that they would extend love to those people too. Paul's praying that, that, that God would give them that ability to love in that way. We see, and we just read, that Paul's also praying that the Lord would strengthen their hearts. You know when you go through struggles, we all know this, we become weak and weary, don't we? Over, overwhelmed, struggling, tired. And it's not so much about being physically tired, it's like that emotional tired, you know what I'm talking about? And, and that's where these people are, this church in Thessalonica. And so he's praying, and he says, I'm praying that God would strengthen your heart to stay the course. And then finally, as we just read, Paul is praying for them that they would live and they would believe and behave as if Jesus were coming back, a theme in this letter, and one that we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks. And so Paul is earnestly praying for them. See, the bottom line is we encourage the people in our lives when we pray for them. We encourage the people in our lives, especially when we pray with them. How many times have you, and don't raise your hand, I've done this, where you've said something and you mean it, you say, you know, they're sharing about something, you say, I'll, I'll pray for you. And if you're honest, you forgot. If you're honest, you didn't remember to pray for them. And, and maybe that hasn't happened to you, or maybe it has. But the importance of remembering both to pray for people, but also to pray with people is so, so important. See, we need the courage to be able to do this. Because let's be honest, those first two things I brought up, of coming alongside somebody and saying, you know what, hang in there. That's not hard. Anybody can do that. Or to come to somebody and say, I am so thankful for you. We all should do that. Anybody can do that. But this one is a little bit different, isn't it? When you're with your family, or you're at work, or any other setting you're in, and you're, you're engaging with somebody, and that opportunity comes up to say to somebody, swallow deep and go for it and to say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. Or even to say, can I pray with you right now? That is a powerful, powerful thing. See, we need the courage to encourage people in that way. And when we do this, amazing things happen. God begins to work. Now, maybe you're thinking this morning, like, okay, this is fine, and this is interesting, and, and whatnot, but truth be told, like, I need somebody to encourage me. <laughs> like, we're talking about encouraging other people. Like, I need somebody to encourage me. Like, I am in a place now where I feel like I'm just dragging through every day. Well, let me encourage you with this. The, 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 the truth is, encouragement is just like a boomerang, and that whatever you toss out, it's going to come back. And what I mean by this is if you want to be encouraged, practice being an encourager. When you encourage other people, you will become more encouraged. I'm not saying that person you encourage will encourage you back. That may not happen. 
But in time, and this the way it works, is as you encourage others, you yourself will feel and become more encouraged. Look at these verses here, because it's a biblical principle that comes back over and over again. It says, like in Luke 6, give and it will be given to you, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Proverbs eleven twenty five: those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. When we serve other people, we encourage other people, we ourselves become encouraged. And so this is something that all of us should do and all of us can do. And so I don't know where you're at this morning. Some of you, you're already encouragers. You've sort of just built this into your life and in your DNA. Maybe others not as much. Maybe some of you even have the spiritual gift of discouragement. I don't know. But wherever you're at this morning, I want to challenge all of us to do something that is so simple and yet so profound to open the door to have your life begin to make an impact in the lives of other people. Ultimately, the end zone is not just encouragement. As we encourage other people, it gives us opportunity to love them and to share and to show the love of Jesus in their lives. And so I want to challenge all of us. Be somebody who encourages people to persevere, express appreciation, and to pray with and for people that are in your life. I want to challenge all of us to do this. So here's the action step challenge, is that every day this week, every day this week, you find at least one person to encourage. And you put this into practice. Now here's what you're going to find out. This is really easy. Because we are surrounded by people who need encouragement. As I've said before, I have never met in my entire life a person who is too encouraged. Doesn't exist. I've never met anybody who says, oh, please, no, don't tell me that. I'm just so encouraged. I, I just, I can't hear it anymore. Find somebody else. That isn't true. We all need this. And you never know how just simply a thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are. I want to encourage you to hang in there. I want you to know I'll be praying for you. I'll follow up with you too. You never know how that just begins to change a person's day. Reminds me of the shoebox in the video. The shoebox. But you never know that note, Jesus loves you and so do I, of how profound that can be in the life of someone else. So here's my encouragement to all of us today, that we have the courage to encourage. That we be a church family that, that, that practices this, of encouraging each other in all things. And that we'd be out in the community, and those who call New Hope home would have this reputation and, and this drive to honor Christ by encouraging other people wherever God has planted you. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up, if you would, please. And here's what I want to do, is I want to give, as they're getting situated and settled and all that, and we're going we're gonna to worship together, is I want to give you a moment to pray. And I specifically want you to begin, just to go before God and ask him, who in my life needs encouragement? Who is the person that is, or people, I don't know if it's multiple people that are around me that just, Lord, bring these people to mind, the people that I can be a blessing to by encouraging them this week, and then pray for them right now. Pray for them. 
And then when we do that, we'll kind of have that time to pray. I'll, I'll close us out, and then we're going to stand and worship together. Let's just go ahead and, and let's pray together and bring these people in your life to the Lord who need this encouragement. Father, this morning as we lift up to you the names of the people that we know and love, the people that are in our lives, they work in the desk nest to us, they live in the house near us, whatever the case may be. Father, I pray that you would help us to be an encouragement to other people. That as Paul set this example of, of telling this young church to hang in there, and I appreciate you so much, I'm so thankful for you, and that I'm praying for you that these would be the types of ways that we would encourage other people. And Father, that as we do this, we ask boldly that you would open us opportunities for us to show and share your love. Ultimately, as we say here at New Hope, to help people find and follow Jesus. Father, help us to do that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and worship with us. When the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be in this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire was another in the waters, holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden, where another died for me. There's another in the fire. dead left me dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore Should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning Either way I will bow to the things of this world Thank you. 